We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Yes, it is us. Dateable podcast. We're back. We're never going away. (laughs) There's a brand new episode of Dateable. Welcome to our listeners, new and old. And we are so thankful because we're getting into that Thanksgiving season. We're so thankful for all of your support. So much has happened this year alone. So, And we have so much to tell you all that we can't tell you yet. But we're very thankful. I feel like we're like (laughs) bursting to tell everyone everything. But you and I've been so hard at work with some other projects. They're all related to the podcast and Dateable and Dating. They're all the larger Dateable brand. But we're so excited excited to eventually be able to share this. I I feel like we're teasing it so bad, but we just can't say anything yet. I know. I I feel, man, I feel like I'm back in grade school and I have this secret and I have... (laughs) I can't tell anybody. (laughs) One of our friends, though, sent us flowers. It was so sweet. I was not expecting that at all. She sent us both flowers for one of our accomplishments. Thank you, Melissa. That was so thoughtful. (laughs) You totally made our day. And it was so bad because my partner had to go pick up the flowers from the outside. (laughs) And our neighbor was like, oh, my God, did you get her flowers? Is it her birthday? And he's like, it's not her birthday. And I didn't get these for her. (laughs) 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 <laughs> the neighbor's like, hmm, interesting. Well, okay, so this is really bad. It just made me think of it, though. So our friend that sent us the flowers, she had a breakup, and we all sent her flowers, like a group mm. sent her flowers. And the flower delivery guy showed up at her door, and he's like, they're from your boyfriend. <gasps> I was oh. like, there is nothing worse you could have said in that moment. Plus, read the room, read the card. It's from four girls. There's a good chance this is not from your 
boyfriend. Like, how is that? (laughs) It's like either if you did have a boyfriend and they they weren't the one that sent you flowers, then that's just, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, (gasps) thanks for reminding me. And then if it's a breakup, that's one like false hope that they're sending them to you or just a reminder. So terrible. It was so bad. Oh, (laughs) no. Like That's flowers just gone wrong. Drama. <laughs> oh no. I'm like you're not funny. Don't make these jokes. <laughs> I feel like del- yeah, okay. If you're delivering flowers, you probably should just be very sensitive to just who deliver you're delivering them. it to. <laughs> yeah, just just deliver them. You don't have to make a comment. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, that's yeah. awful. Yeah. But all yeah. right. Well, we got we got the right flowers and the delivery person said nothing to me and just left it outside. So good. Good job. You have one job. You did it right. Right. Low bar. Very low bar. (laughs) Very low bar. Very low bar. But yes, it's it's so nice. Falls in the air, even in Southern California, too. You feel the cool air, and I feel like it's a time to reset and Mm -hmm. just breathe in the freshness that's to come. I feel like the temperature dropped 10 degrees overnight. Just got way brisk. I'm turning on the heat, but it's kind of nice, too. It's kind of cozy. I do agree. It feels like we're heading into Thanksgiving season, which is always one of my favorite favorite times of the year. Is it? You like yeah, Thanksgiving? I do really okay. like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is definitely one of my favorite holidays. Is it Thanksgiving with family or Thanksgiving with friends that you like? Both. I usually alternate every year. Uh-huh. Although, did I go last year? No. I guess it's been two years since I've been back. This year, though, yeah. I'm doing a two-week East Coast trip over the holidays. Mm. We're doing my my partner's mom first in Florida, then my family in New York. So we're doing a oh. double hitter. So we are staying here for this holiday because that's just a lot of travel in a short period. But usually I either do Thanksgiving, go there, and then my family will come here. But because I'm going there, I only do one. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll be in Europe for Thanksgiving. Yes, I will. My mom's (laughs) going to join me for Thanksgiving. We're spending it in Strasbourg, France. It's where the Christmas market is. I've never even heard of it. My mom found it. She's like, let's go there. Okay. I feel like our listeners probably think you're just like jet setting to Europe every three weeks. Well, it's (laughs) it's funny because before COVID, I traveled every other month. Now thinking back, I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I operated. And my my life is getting back into that travel state of mind again. And I'm like easing back in because I used to crave travel. And I think COVID made me very lazy about travel. I was very happy staying put. I'm like, I don't need to travel. But now it's like, the juices, their juices are turning again. And it's like, ooh, I think I want to travel again. It's always so fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's so exhausting too. I feel it's like so even from my last trip to Hawaii, which is like a relatively laid back trip, I was exhausted for like a week after. I think it just takes yeah. a lot out of you. That's like the side of travel no one talks about. Well, also the pre-planning too. Yeah. I'll be, yeah. I'm going to be in like five or six different cities. So I'm looking at hotels. I'm looking at <laughs> where we're, what we're going to eat, wh- what we're going to do. And I'm on my own for some of it. I'm with my mom for some of it. I'm with my coworkers for some of it. Right. It's like context shifting is also very exhausting. This pre-planning, I wish (laughs) I didn't have to do that. So where are you going? Because it's primarily a work trip, but like where are you going as personal or is it all through work and just some days you have off? I'll have a week uh, with my mom Mm -hmm. and that's the Thanksgiving week bleeding into the next week a little bit. So we are, we'll be coming from Paris. So we're going to explore central 
France. We're going nice. to go to Strasbourg and then we'll go to Lyon. Uh, then we'll go to Bordeaux. I think that's the plan for now. But my mom's, you know, Julie, my mom's, she loves to travel and she's kind of spontaneous, I would say, for an yeah. older Chinese lady. But she just was willing to do this. It wasn't that much yeah. notice. Yeah. It was not. She was booked the ticket and then she <laughs> said to me, she's like, you know, let's just book the bookends, the beginning of their trip and our the end of their trip. But in the middle, let's just see where we want to go and just go. Oh, like, nice. Love it. Love it. She's love super that. spontaneous. Yeah. But my dad will be home for Thanksgiving. I feel bad about that, but he didn't want to come on the trip. He'll have mojo and they'll have their own Thanksgiving together. Well, as long as he has mojo. There he goes. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. That's a great consolation prize. <laughs> Mojo won't be doing much. He's like sitting at the dinner table. I just envisioned that long table, yeah. your dad on one side, Mojo just staring him in the face. Mojo, for any new listeners, is UA's dog. <laughs> Very good conversationalist. <laughs> and my dad's like, what are you grateful for? Yeah. And he just barks. <laughs> yeah. He just barks. Yeah. Hey, what? Mojo has what? a lot to be grateful for. <laughs> he is so lucky. He is such a lucky, lucky dog. We're so lucky yeah. to have him. So it goes both ways. Yes. We are grateful as well. We are grateful too for this conversation. You know, this is what I love about Dateable Podcast is when we started this podcast, did you ever think we'd be talking about feng shui? Hell no. (laughs) Hell no. I love that it could take us in different directions that are all interrelated, but it's really nice that we are able to push the boundaries a little on this topic. And I feel like for months you've been talking about, let's do some sort of episode around feng shui. And we had someone reach out to us that was able Mm -hmm. to talk to this topic. So we had John George, who's an interior designer, and he practices a lot of Western feng shui. So we're going to get into all that in the episode, but we wanted to start start in the intro to talk a little bit more about Eastern feng shui also. So mm-hmm. UA, like, I mean, we can go into the formal definition, but like when you think of, when you had this vision of feng shui, your love life, what came to mind for you? Yeah. And you know what instigated all of this is that I moved furniture around in my apartment in San Francisco. Yes. And then I fell in love and I had this moment <laughs> thinking that's all I need to do is shift my energy around. The basic principles of feng shui are that we can shift energy around in our homes in a way that creates positive energy and we eliminate the blockages in our life. And I think the basic, you know, if you just like zoom out a little bit, feng shui is really about connecting with your environment Mm -hmm. and how do we create that harmony with the environment that we live in. I, I didn't used to put this much attention into my home because I've always been a renter and I think there's something with the Mm. renter mentality. It's like, this is temporary. I don't really need to hang pictures on the walls. I don't need to make this a home. And then Julie's very much the opposite. Like Julie's (laughs) old apartment was very much like a home and she made it a home. And I really admire that. And I actually think it's a very American perspective that Mm. this is like, even if you live somewhere for six months, you still want to make it a home. I've known friends who would paint their walls, even if they 
it was a sublet. And I just thought it was wild. But now I understand yeah. wherever you live, no matter how long you're living there for, even a hotel room, there is an opportunity to move things around so the energy you create is a positive force of energy for you. I do remember when you did that and your apartment was <laughs> a little bare before. <laughs> yeah, I had nothing. I was Minimalist. like, does someone live here? Is it just like a recording <laughs> studio? You have a bed, but not much other stuff. But I think, you know, that is something that I have always valued. It's so mm-hmm. funny. I'm just like recalling. So when I lived with my roommate for a long time, we were friends from college and we lived together mm-hmm. for five years, like a really long time. Yeah. Her mom came to visit and just like looked at our apartment and was like, <laughs> this is why you're single. <laughs> And she, okay, the best part is, okay, she, she wanted to hire us an interior designer. And I think at this stage of my life, it wasn't that I didn't, w- wasn't capable of doing it. I just didn't have the money to invest in it. Because, yep. you know, decorating your home is quite expensive. Very. Furniture is super fucking expensive. So that was a big part of it. Very. But the best part is her solution was she bought us, I don't know if you remember this in my house, there was like a random window. It like looked into a courtyard. It's like mm-hmm. this tiny window. Yeah. She bought us like one of those like drapes like the dust ruffle like not what is that called it's not a dust ruffle because that's your bed but like that one of those like drapes at the top that just like frames oh, the window the balance yes and i was like this was your solution to finding us significant others like wow straight dude's gonna come in and be like well now <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the partner i need they have this window dressing up well, okay. To I want to I want to talk about that though because I used to think the same thing. Like I should really make the home the home that I want to live in. But my current partner, when he first came to my apartment in SF before the furniture, <laughs> before changing like, around the, the furniture, yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Do you live in a dorm room?" He's yeah, like, this is not. I did not think this is where an, uh, a woman in her late thirties would live. And now looking back, I get it. I had the bed pushed up against the wall because I wanted yep. to create space. I was like, oh, it can totally just be one side, you know, <laughs> against a wall. And I realized it's not really conducive to a partnership because you need freedom from both sides yeah. of the bed. You can't just like corner one person in, but that's what I did. My partner had that also. He did that also. <laughs> so you're saying I was living like a bachelor. Yes. Basically, <laughs> I was like to him, I'm like, it's really hard for me to get out of the bed at night like, to use the yeah. bathroom. You so have to eventually, like slip under. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, this is really challenging. So he did move his bed over. He has like an mm. Ikea bed and in the process, it almost broke. Oh my gosh. And then but it has the bed. one night stand. I'm like, you have yep. been set up as a single person. And, you know, we go into that in this episode. There's a lot around just how do you make more space? And yes. I actually remember we had a guest a long, long time ago. I always reference this book because it has stayed with me. I feel like you know what I'm going to say, but like the Finding Your Half Orange book yes. by Amy Spence. And there was a whole section in there about just how do you make it that you have space in your home for someone? It's for clearing someone, yeah. parts of your your closet out, having two nightstands, maybe even leaving a glass of water on the nightstand. How mm-hmm. do you do things that makes it feel like someone can come into your life? And I think some of a lot of that's your home. But also mm-hmm. one of the things, I don't know if you went through a stage like this. I definitely did. My old roommate, I saw her go through the stage. I had other friends that have two. When you're single, 
a lot of times you feel like you need to live this single life, like always Mm -hmm. going out, always doing stuff to meet people. And I definitely felt this feeling of like, this isn't what I want anymore. Like I'm ready to slow down a bit. Mm -hmm. And I had this like guilt of like, I should still do it because I'm not with a partner. Like I should just spend Saturday night watching TV because how am I ever going to meet someone? But I did this and like my, I watched my roommate do this of maybe adapting more of this life that you could have with someone else. So mm-hmm. while there isn't someone in there currently, you are making space for that lifestyle. Like if you're mm. always going out and you never have any downtime, it's going to be a huge shift when you meet someone and you're doing more one-on-one stuff. So I started doing more one-on-one dinners with friends. I started just spending the Saturday night watching TV if that's what I really desire to do. So I think this whole making space concept is really important, whether it's mm. physical space, mental space, whatever it is is to let that person into your life. And that's very much related to feng shui principles because feng shui in your home is about creating a space in your home that you don't want to leave. You love it so much because it embodies who you are. It's an extension of who you are. And just doing some quick research, because obviously, caveat, we're not experts we're not Eastern feng shui experts, but we have a curiosity into this this practice. And your bed is mm-hmm. the most important piece of furniture in your home. And what is important about your bedroom is that it needs to create the sense of intimacy. So for example, no TVs, because TVs mm-hmm. are supposed to take away the energy of intimacy. Uh, you want two of everything because you want balance, but you also want right. that idea of you know creating space for someone else. Um, and then you want like low lighting. There's a lot of just comfort that needs to be in your bedroom and it shouldn't double as an office or something else that takes away from the intimacy. So that's kind of important for the bedroom. Your kitchen is also another very important area in your home because that's supposed to symbolize your health. It's Mm. supposed to symbolize where, I mean, they call it wealth too, but it's really like the wealth of healthy. It's where you nourish Mm-hmm. So no blocked energy in the kitchen, meaning if you have appliances that aren't working, fix them right away or throw them Interesting. out. Um, if you have appliances you don't use often, store them away. I'm so guilty of this. Oh my, my God, my Instapot so just yep. standing, just sitting there, stale, that stale Instapot energy I need to get rid of. Or you need to use it more, one or the other. <laughs> there we go. Use it more. I hate to say I'm cheating on my Instapot with my air fryer. I just love my oh. air fryer so much more. Okay. <laughs> and... Organization in the kitchen is important because once you organize your health and your nourishment, then it's easier to find it. So, mm. um, you know, if you're like feng shuiing your kitchen, labels are very important. Lazy Susans are another great mm. tool for that. I'm so guilty. My kitchen's such a fucking mess. I need to just be cleaning it. You know what's so interesting? So when I was looking for a place, a kitchen was a huge thing for me. Yes. My old place, my kitchen was tiny. It always felt cramped. It always felt cluttered. And I wanted the open open layout kitchen. That was so important Mm -hmm. because I do view, I think it's interesting that there's this correlation with health, but it's also Mm -hmm. like a place of gathering, a place of community. And putting all this together, it makes so much sense why it's so central to a home. Yes. And you probably spend most of your time in your kitchen. I'm going to my kitchen every 
every five minutes when I'm working from home. So why not make that more of a gathering spot as opposed to just like the place where I get food? Yeah. I mean, I will say I'm a little guilty of the the desk in the bedroom. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of this is just space constraints, right? At totally. some point, uh, would I rather the desk not be in the bedroom? Would I rather I had a second bedroom that hosted my work area? Absolutely. But I don't. But what yeah. I did is I sectioned it off a bit. That, yeah. So it mm-hmm. feels like it's a little more taken away. So I think that is key. It's sometimes, yeah, this is the ideal. We understand there's sometimes constraints based on what you have to work with. Well, I mean, I think what worked for me when I lived in a fucking studio was when I finally started sectioning off the studio. This is where I sleep. This is where I work. This is where I do my videos. Yeah. This is where I eat, even in a studio. So this is not about going out there and getting a five-bedroom house, although <laughs> if you have one, good for you. It's about <laughs> creating creating designated spaces. And yeah. if you like read any Buddhist philosophy, they really talk about giving each space a purpose. And mm. I really in- enjoy mm-hmm. hearing about that. It's like when we dual purpose a space, then we are not able to focus on right. what we're trying to do in that space. So that's important. I thought this was kind of interesting, the uh, the commanding position. Julie, did you mm. find this in your research? It's like the most important position in your home is the one that's farthest away from your main door and it's at a diagonal so it's not in the direct line of sight from your door oh interesting when you're standing in the commanding space you can still see the door so you the idea is standing in this place when someone comes in they can't see you right away but you can see them so you have a control of your space and you're also farthest away from the door your commanding place in your space is where you put your most important piece of furniture so that could be your stove that could be a couch that could be your bed and that's where you spend a lot of your time that's your commanding Mm. space so think about that it's like catty corner to your front door not in the direct line of sight and it's farthest position away what would that be for you julie i'm like picturing your apartment for me it would so is wait is it diagonal or is it neck yeah it's the stove your stove yeah your kitchen is definitely your commanding space and i would say that is definitely the way the structure (laughs) of my house is and that's great because now once you know where your commanding position is you focus more on that space how do you make that space better how do you move the energy around in that space to create positive energy so if that's your kitchen i think it's time to you know, get rid of that those appliances you don't use. <laughs> so when I was looking into feng shui, I mean, the actual definition is an ancient Chinese traditional practice which claims to use energy forces to harmonize individuals in their surrounding environments, which we talked about. And the term feng shui, it means literally wind water. And the goal is to invite positive chi into your home so your life feels both energized and balanced the five aspects of wood, metal, earth, water, and fire that contributed to feng shui. So mm-hmm. wood symbolized growth and vitality. So by placing wood in your space encourages personal growth. Wood and furniture are easy ways to add this element. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely have a lot of wood furniture around, that's for sure. Um, metal was symbolizing logic and intelligence. So you can have metal picture frames, sculptures, mm-hmm. anything 
anything of that sort. Earth symbolizes stability and balance. It grounds and stabilizes. So you can have rocks, crystals, landscape imagery. Like a lot of like paintings fall into that. I feel like plants mm-hmm. would also fall into that. Yeah. I think that's a big reason why so many people decorate with plants. I know for me, having plants, even if they're fake, that is my secret. I do not have a green <laughs> thumb. Although I'm starting, I have a few real ones mixed in. Even her succulents are fake, which just <laughs> shocked me so much because they don't die. Yeah, but there's something about it that still adds that earth feeling and like life to your place. Even your background behind you right now recording, like you can see the plants, like it does give it so much more vibrancy. Mm-hmm. And then water. So water is yeah. the next one, symbolizes wisdom and serenity. It helps with clarity and relaxation. So mirrors, reflective surfaces. I actually got a glass coffee table for this exact reason. I think one was the way that glass works in your home is it makes the space bigger because it reflects also and it just adds that clarity. And then the last piece was fire, which symbolizes passion and energy. It's a representation of transformation and expansion. Mm -hmm. And that's why people use candles. That's why fireplaces are so desirable. So anything you can add that fire into your home. And one thing about fire is feng shui was put into practice by Chinese farmers who are trying to find like the most prosperous area to to have crops. Fire back then actually meant fire, but in present day, we can use light. Oh, yeah, yeah, light. There's so much light design that can go into a home that I never knew about and gets very expensive if you wanted to, but using light to create that sense of growth, that sense of change, or that sense of vitality is actually a very interesting art. The five elements, what I do take away from those principles is that you want a balance of all five Mm -hmm. in your home. And look around. I'm sure all of us have wood. A lot of us have metal, earth, fire, but water is the one. I love that you're using a glass table. Mirrors are great, but also just like a little desktop water fountain. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yep. Those are really fantastic to feel zen. They're really good for anxiety, too. But like the water, I think the water one is the one I've been reading about. It's like it's the hardest one to incorporate. So you just have to do a little research on what that is. But once you identify the five elements and you know where what you're missing, then you can focus on those elements that you're missing your home and really balance your, your space. But I read that in the bedroom, it is the most important to have all five elements. If you are missing it in any any other room, that is okay. Oh my God, you do like inventory. (laughs) Yes, go in your bedroom and say, hmm, what am I missing? So I think from this list, I want to add the the lights that go under your bed. Oh, interesting. Ambient light. So I hate using the overhead light. It's just so bright. Yeah. Or like a dimmable light of some sort. Well, he talks about dimming lights a lot, John George, on this episode. Yeah. I actually put that in. I use like Amazon Alexa to control it or your phone too. And it has all these different dimming settings and it's perfect in the bedroom. Yes. So nice. And like you never want to turn on your light to the full potential. No. Because you don't want, again, you don't want big energy in your 
bedroom because it takes away from the intimacy. So I thought that was interesting. It's so interesting. Like one of our mutual friends is in school for interior design and lighting Mm. is so core. And I know for me, like I haven't made like so many changes to my place, but lighting was a big one. I put in all new light fixtures and it really Mm -hmm. changed the energy of the entire place. Something, and you know, some of these lights were like $80, $100. Like we're not talking crazy money to Mm -hmm. actually make a big impact. And it's interesting because like two of the things that drew me to my current place was the the floor to ceiling windows. Yes. And actually, weirdly, there's like floor to ceiling mirrors on one wall. And at first I was like, it kind of looks a little outdated. Like, is this a trend? And I actually thought about removing them, but it makes the space so much bigger because it has that element of water, right? The mirror and windows, like that reflection. I think for me, like sunlight is huge. Like for me, it was kitchen and windows, open air, like having air flowing through and sunlight that just uplifts my entire energy and makes me feel positive on a day to day, like would feel depressed if I had no sunlight and just darkness. Your current apartment is like so different than your previous apartment. Oh my God. There's just so much more light in this one. It just completely changes the vibe. And me, you know what? Some of us, okay, some of us don't have the luxury of picking that place that we like absolutely fall in love with. I definitely know that when I was renting, you just have to make do with what you have. But some quick ways to make changes in your home. One is to change the light fixtures. That's a big one. Even as easy as changing light bulbs will actually change the energy in your room. I love that. That's true. If you're a renter and you can't do it, just change it to not white lights. Change it to like more like yellow, golden dimmable lighting. Yeah, exactly. Or like color lighting. That's really fun. Change the the switch plate. Mm -hmm. The lighting switch plate. You can make, you can have fun ones. You can have reflective ones. That really changes the vibe in your room too. Doorknobs is another hack. Doorknobs, any knobs. They're like 15 dollars you know that was definitely an interior design hack that you could change things to really upgrade it and you know this doesn't have to happen overnight like even in my old place i bought new furniture i bought it as i saw things that i liked that i gradually replaced and it ultimately eventually got all my ikea furniture out and got (laughs) new upgraded (laughs) stuff no shade to ikea i do still have some ikea stuff but the more i think actually an interior design hack it's not that you have to get rid of ikea but not having your entire place look like an Ikea yeah, showroom. Yeah, mix it up. Exactly. Mix it up. Add some other providers in there. Then it like looks a bit more balanced. But this doesn't have to happen overnight. And I love this just taking inventory. I'm like, oh, I think I have all the elements. But now that I'm looking back, maybe I don't in my bedroom. It's time to just check in and see what you can add. Or remove. Removing, too, is a big piece of it. Removing is um, a great plan clutter. for yes, many of us. Yes, we talk about clutter. <laughs> yes, clearing the clutter is one of the most important principles yeah. of feng shui. And also this idea of like lack of attachment to your things. I, I get it. Sometimes when we spend so much money on furniture, so much money on fixtures, we're like, ah, I have to <sighs> I have to deal with this for the rest of my life. You don't actually think about, you can move things around. You can always sell things on Facebook Marketplace. 
place and replace it with something else. This idea of just things aren't permanent and you don't need to be attached to the things. It's really just like the position of where you put them. Yeah, we're going to get into this in the episode because I think John George really goes into it from the mindset of, okay, you've either had a breakup, maybe you don't want to keep stuff that reminds you of this person, or you're in a bachelor bachelorette pad and that's not conducive to the next stage of life you want to be in. Or there's things that, you know, just aren't aligned with where you want to go. So we're going to get into all this, but I think this was a good primer of feng shui and different aspects of it. And hopefully the rest of the convo can give you even more clarity into ways that you can think about how your home represents you because we focus so much on putting ourselves together just in our appearance, but how you feel at home really does dictate how you feel in life. Like if we're all looking Mm -hmm. for a relationship that feels like home, we hear that all the time. Let's start by making our homes feel like home. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get into it, just quick announcements. You know, we are getting close. We really want to hit the 1K ratings and reviews. Mm. We are getting close. We're like 400 away. So we're not there yet. But you can all help us out. That would be, we would be so grateful right in time for Thanksgiving if you could just drop us five star review. We know it's one of those things like with all reviews, you either do it when you hate something or when someone bugs you enough, and then you just finally do it. (laughs) Usually, if you're just like, I like this, it doesn't feel you don't feel compelled to do it. But you know, it really is our livelihood. It helps us so much. So it it helps us get these great guests every week, too. So if you've been listening to the show for a long time, haven't pulled the trigger yet to write that review, at a minimum, just hit five stars if you're an Apple podcast. At a maximum, leave us a one liner of just how much this has helped you. We love reading them too, especially when people can relate it back to how this podcast has helped them. For sure. Please. Great. And at Dateable Podcast is our Instagram handle. Love in the Time of Corona is our Facebook group. Okay, before we get into it, let's hear a message from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Okay, let's hear it from John George about how to feng shui your love life. Who would have ever thought that feng shui and dating could be related? But it kind of makes sense if you think about it, because feng shui is all about 
energy. And we're going to talk about all of that today, why energy matters when it comes to our dating lives and our love lives. So we've got John George with us. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, I'm awesome. Thank you. You are awesome. Who is he? He's 50 years old, originally from LA, lived there for 15 years and single and actively going on dates. What made him so intriguing to us is because he's a feng shui consultant and also interior designer based out of L.A. He was a real estate broker for years and then did feng shui consultations in offices and homes and then recently decided, maybe not so recently, but now works with singles and divorced people on creating a space that clears their energy from their past relationships to rebuild a new life in their space. Welcome to our space. By the way, seriously, you need to like write that on my website. That was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not from your website? (laughs) uh, Who knows? It might be. I was like, if so, I was like, God, I did a great job. (laughs) It's like, you did a great job. Yes, I did. You did a great job (laughs) writing about it. Well, we're already kicking off this conversation with great energy. I want to first just get to what feng shui is. In Chinese, feng shui literally translates to wind and water, but it's really about the energy. So what is feng shui exactly? Okay. So, you know, you have the traditional sense of what feng shui is, but I really practice the Western style. So feng shui explores the intimate connection between like you and your environment. So it makes a direct correlation between the quality of your life and your environment by focusing on the three major principles of Western feng shui, which is what I use, and that's love, safety, and comfort. And so the aim of the practice of that is to free up blockages of energy to allow new possibilities and to create harmony in your environment. So it's much more about clearing the path for energy to flow than about getting more. But you end up do getting more by clearing these blocks. There's another part to this also, and that's like being very intentional in your living. And so I look at this more as like a lifestyle and a philosophy that I bring to every single thing in my life. Why do you think it's so important to clear the energy, especially if you've had past relationships that didn't work out, or maybe you're just not in the place that you want to be and you need to kind of have that fresh start? Why is this so essential? So for me, I have a very low threshold for pain and I tend to ruminate. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people do and they get really stuck in their thoughts and they become like these broken records of these stories and things that they're saying to themselves. So what you need to do is you need to free that. You need to let go. And, you know, it's so much easier said than done. (laughs) So what I try to do is I try to go through a back door. Okay. So instead of just saying, oh, you know, let's do our gratitude list, which by the way, I think is super awesome to do all the time. But what I try to do is go through the back door of your environment so that every time you walk into your space, you're like, wow, this feels so great. And so when you're feeling good, you're at a higher vibration and you're feeling good and you're feeling happy. So I think it's really important to create that space. And you're not going to have that space if you just are stuck with these thoughts that just aren't very conducive to your life. It's good that we're making the connection between our thoughts and our environment because our environment is a reflection of our thoughts. So how did you even make that connection for yourself? Was there a time in your life that you needed to reset and unclutter? Totally. Got a divorce. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and that totally rocked my world beyond belief. And it was a time in my life where I'm like, it was extreme shock to the system to me. Very quick. And I needed to basically figure out how I was going to stop this negative thinking. And it was extremely sad. It was a very hard time in my life. So what I had to do is I knew about feng shui. I had, when I was in real estate, I had someone feng shui my house and she was amazing. And so I just started applying those principles to my living space. So like, you know, because every single time you look around and you're like, oh my God, I accumulated this with this person. Mm -hmm. I'm using this blanket and it was given to me as a wedding gift. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, it makes you sad. And then the next thing you know, you're going to bed with this blanket that is from all intents and purposes is a gorgeous blanket, but you're thinking about that person, even on a subconscious level, it's bringing that energy down. That's not how you want to go to bed. So I started just going through and editing everything in my life. Mm. And that's where I started because I have control over that. You can't rush grief as much as you want to. And so I had control over this. And this is where I started. Interesting. I feel like, you know, we're told all the time, like, you know, focus on how we're presenting outward. Mm. We hear people getting makeovers all the time or especially even after a divorce or something, it's like, let's get in shape. Let's look good on the outside. But what I'm hearing from you is like the inside where you live and reside and all that is just as important, if not possibly more important. More. Like, I remember I had, like, this friend that was just, like, so put together on the outside, but her place was just boxes everywhere. Like, a security Mm. guard came in in college and was like, you know, you guys can't use this room as storage. And we were like, no, someone lives here. (laughs) Like, someone actually resides here. Why do you think people, like, aren't focusing on the home, yet we put so much emphasis into, like, the outside appearance? Totally. Well, because, you know, so many people want to present themselves to the outside world. Like, hey, I've got it together. Hey, this is me. Check me out. I look hot. I've got everything together. I'm good. And they put a lot of focus on that. And they're not realizing the impact that they're having on themselves by not taking care of themselves and their everyday thoughts and energy that they're using by ruminating over the past. I think a lot of people are not very conscious of this. Why? They may not be aware of it, number one. Number two, I just think that in our society, we're so focused on so many other things. Go, 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 go. Let's text hex fast. We're always in this go mode and we're not sitting down and we're not reflecting and saying, you know, how could I be doing things better? How could I be dating better? How could I be presenting myself in my home better where I'm just enjoying myself? And these are all questions that like, I'm just introspective and I I just always ask myself these things. For people, it may not be a priority. They may not be aware of it. They may not know the pain that they're causing themselves and the disservice by not taking care of themselves internally. Yeah, I want to get into the nitty gritty of this because I think (laughs) on a higher level, we can say maybe it's putting away the memories or putting away the objects that remind you of something you're ruminating on. But I think high level, there is this idea of feng shui in your home of letting the energy flow. And an example for me is I didn't even know anything about feng shui, but I needed to change up the energy in my home. And at the time I hadn't had sex in a year, although I was in a relationship. And I realized in my little studio apartment, 
my bed was hidden away. I thought it was like, you know, I want my bed out of the way. I need more living space. But if I didn't put the bed as a forefront of my own home, how could I even get my mojo back, right? If that wasn't (laughs) what I was thinking about. So I put my bed in the center of the room and, you know, let's just say things started happening. So let's Mm -hmm. just start like, where can people start in terms of thinking about feng shui related to their love life? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so let's focus on the bedroom. Where the action happens. Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Hopefully. Not all. (laughs) Or I will after this. (laughs) So what you want to do is like, you have to just be extremely intentional. Let's talk about bed direction. Mm. So you want to be able to at least see your door from your bed. Mm. Mm. Why is that? Okay, so this goes back to love, safety, comfort, and this is safety. Mm. So imagine when you're sleeping, if you hear a creak in the door and you can't see the door, it's going to affect your sleep big time. You won't be able to go deep sleep and it's a little scary. Yes. So if you could see the door easily, so ideally you want to have it up against a wall and you want to have it in the corner. So like, (laughs) just imagine very quickly spy movies, you know, Jason Bourne movies, anything like that. They go into a restaurant. They're sitting in the corner. That's the power position. They could see everything. No one can come up behind them. And that is a safety issue. Same thing Mm. here. Don't want to be below a window. Things can come through the window. Mm. So you want to be against a solid wall. That's starters. Your mattress. So mattress stores a lot of energy. So, you know, energy from past lovers breakups, you know, things like that. You're just storing tons of energy. Let's just say you want to start fresh. If you can and you have the means, let's get a new mattress. Let's get something extremely comfortable. Let's go and spend the time and get great sheets. Feel them. So when you see your bed, you're excited. You're walking towards your bed. You're like, here I go. I grab the duvet. Oh, it feels so good already. Boom, you feel great. Then you slip your hand in the sheets. It feels good. You have very soft pillows. Bam, you're feeling oh, it's awesome before you even get this. in. <laughs> oh, God, please. Totally. You know, you're being intentional. And we could talk about lighting. I'll tell you one of the biggest things that I encounter challenge with my clients. And that's, oh, I don't need a dimmer. <laughs> oh, my God, you do. Yeah. First of all, the golden rule, especially in interior design, dimmers, dimmers everywhere except in closets and garages. Mm. Okay. Any light source you have should be on a dimmer. That's if you're Mm. extremely disciplined because what you can end up doing is layering your lights. And that becomes a lot of fun if you want to geek out. But your bedroom, everything should have soft lighting. And you should do that about two hours before you go to bed. Remember, what you're doing is you're creating rituals. Mm. You're setting the tone and you're like, I'm setting the mood and act as if create the mood. Even if you don't have a lover yet, you're at least feeling sexy. You're feeling good. Mm. And you're bringing that to your life. You're bringing that to your sleep. You wake up, you know, you had a good night's rest. It's great. So I'd focus on the bed. I would definitely have dimmers. I mean, candles are always great. (laughs) And I fought myself on this one, but I finally did it. And I got flameless candles and I got rechargeable batteries on it and Mm -hmm. I have it on a timer. So every night, boom, they turn on automatically. It's setting the mood without even me doing it. And I'm always so surprised. Oh God, my room feels great. And I didn't even do anything. 
<laughs> there was a Sex of the City episode, I remember, where Miranda, one of the characters, got like, basically spent like a ton of money on new sheets. And the whole premise was, if my bed is somewhere I want to be, then others will follow. So I think what you're saying mm. makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like that, if I build it, they will come Field of Dreams mentality. Yeah. Act as if, 100%. Okay, so like, let's say you have a nightstand, mm. right? You want to have matching. Because remember, you're building it as if. Mm. So you want to have a nightstand stand for your honey on the other side of the bed. If you have a light on one side, have a light on the other. That makes sense. You know, you could have like when those sheepskin rugs, put that down. So the first thing your feet touch is something sexy and soft. Yeah. And then do one on the other side. You want to be doing things in pairs. So symmetry. That's really interesting. The doing it on the other side. I think a lot of people might say like, what's the point? I don't have someone there, but I love yeah. this. Yet. Well, if you, yet. that's what you want. Yet is the key word. Yet. Create a little space in your closet for your honey so that they could put their clothes in there. I mean, remember, just like what you said, you build it and they will come. You create that intention. You set those rituals every night and you'll build it and you'll start feeling really sexy and good. Okay. This is like a in the weeds question, but I read somewhere that like you shouldn't have your mirror facing your bed. What is the reason for that? So mirrors are energy. So if you have a hard time sleeping at night and your mirror is facing the bed, you know, first thing you want to do is try to hide the mirror. All right. So, you know, a lot of people have like mirrored closets. So the first thing I'll do is I'll ask them like, how are you sleeping at night? And then, oh, well, I get kind of a restless night's sleep. Well, the first thing I'll do is I'll say, well, why don't you throw up some curtains over your mirrored closets? And by the way, that softens the room anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's easy. You just pull them back when you need the mirror and then shut them when you're done. Got it. So it's more just getting the way of your sleep patterns. That's the reason for it. Correct. To be honest with you, if sometimes if, you know, I think a mirror near the bed could potentially even be fun. Yeah, it could be. I (laughs) mean, I would like on the ceiling. So like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I thought like for a while, like it'd be good to have it across because it's like you could kind of see some stuff happening when you're getting. Oh, hell yes. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It could be totally sexy, you know? So like, that's really what what it is. It creates energy. So if you're not sleeping well, that's why. You don't want to have two mirrors across from each other. So let's say you had one mirror on one side of the bed and another mirror on the other side. Okay, so that's too much energy. It's bouncing back and forth across. And that's that's kind of no bueno. You just want to have one mirror. Any other no-nos for the bedroom? Clutter. Clothing. Mm-hmm. That is a big one. You know, you just want to keep it clean. And also, when we talk about energy, the Chinese call it qi. So dead plants and dust are huge energy suckers. And by the way, your toilet is your biggest qi sucker in your home. So having a toilet lid up It's not good. Notice anytime you ever clean your place, you're like, wow, this just, this feels so fresh and I feel alive. That's the energy. And you're removing all this energy sucking dust. By the way, sorry to get back to something very fast. You shouldn't be doing bills in your bedroom. Ideally, you shouldn't be having a TV in your bedroom. You should be focusing on intimacy and sleep. Have fun with your mate outside watching TV so that when you go in, you're focused on one or two things and that's it. In addition to the toilet lid up, are there any other energy suckers in our homes that we should just plug or close? 
This may or may not apply to a lot of people, but like people will overdo their pillows on their bed. Uh, Julie, and, oh, that's me. <laughs> all right. So like you're not really creating space. It's not really super conducive for love. Like, you know, it's good. Six pillows is good. How many do you have now, Julie? I like 10 probably. <laughs> I'm a pillow hoarder. <laughs> no, wait, do you sleep with 10 pillows? Well, I have two Euro shams, then yeah. four actual pillows, and then throw pillows. Yeah, it's too much. I think I'm learning from this. I need to <laughs> she loves pillows. here. <laughs> Let's talk about toys. <laughs> Sidebar. Yes. That's really fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Let's say you keep it in a nightstand. That's great. First of all, it's good you're hiding it. But I think what you need, what is really beautiful is treat it special. Mm. This is you. You're pleasuring yourself. Like go find a beautiful box and put all your toys in there if you can. Go to Home Goods. go anywhere. Like find a box you love and is special to you. You need to be treating yourself like great. And all of these rituals, every time you look at that box, you're like, oh yeah, here we go, girl. You know, like, <laughs> and, and for men, condoms, believe it or not, I've had clients who, I swear I'm not kidding you, who stuff their condoms in between their mattress because it's easy to get to. All right. And that is not, that's not good. Put it in a beautiful jar. Mm. So when you're in your room and you see that jar, you're like, oh man, I can't wait to open that jar. And you feel good. You feel sexy. You're thinking about it. And it's like when you're thinking about it and you're excited, that energy, you exude that. Everything needs to be intentional. Your pen that you write with every day, instead of that big pen, why don't you be using pens that feel so good every time you pick it up and every time you write? There's so much validity in what you're saying here, because I definitely feel that of like everything you do affects how you show up in the world. Like I know yep. even when my place is cluttered, I feel mm-hmm. anxious. I feel feel yeah. stressed out. And I think you're just bringing more awareness to other areas that we can even fine tune. I want to talk about like bachelor and bachelorette pads, like people mm. that kind of, you know, are living the quote unquote single life. Like when you think about it stereotypically, of course, this is not every single person by any means, but maybe it's messy. Maybe there's like, I don't know, college poster-esque even like for, you know, more of the bachelor pad that like looks like we haven't grown up fully. Like what is your take? Take on the energy and bachelor bachelorette pads. What have you seen out there that's maybe like the good, bad, and the ugly? <laughs> All right. So for you ladies, let's just say you were talking about a man's a bachelor's place. All right. Even if somebody is doing extremely well, sometimes they don't translate like doing well financially, they may not translate that into their home. Yeah. They may not put the thought into it. So let's say you're at a man's home. It's time for you to use the restroom. So now you go into the bathroom, turn on the light. The light is bright. You're like, oh, Jesus, like it's sober, you know, and you're like, like, let's say you just came from the bedroom. You go to use the restroom and the toilet is messy. You might even find a pubic hair or two, but maybe the toilet is a little dirty. So let's flip it a little bit. Let's say you go to use the bathroom and the light is good. Then you go to use the toilet. Possibly he has a bidet. You know, oh God, this feels wonderful. Then you go to use the soap and the soap is wonderfully scented and makes your hand feel soft. This three minute process, by the time you leave, you feel so incredibly taken care of. And you're like, wow, this guy, he cares for this bathroom and he's going to care for me. And he just did. So- I mean, have I run into bathrooms that are disgusting with dirty towels and their sinks aren't clean? Absolutely. And I'm just like, yo, this takes 
five minutes before a date and you don't know the impact and what women are thinking when they go into a bathroom, even if they're not thinking consciously. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, wow. <laughs> what? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, you know, I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of me is like, how appropriate is this labeling a feng shui versus just a Western term for it? You know, I feel like maybe there needs to be a separation. But I do want to, like, in the context of Western feng shui, how do you make your living space, so not the bedroom, your living room more inviting for people to come? What you want to do is make sure it's clean. Remember I was talking about everything has association? So you really want to start going through your home and editing everything and start looking at it. So let's talk about your sofa for a second in your living room. When you look at your sofa, what does it remind you of? Does it remind you of when you were there with you and your ex? If so, maybe you might have like a real come to Jesus with it and kind of talk to it and say, look at, hey, you know, unfortunately I can't afford a new one now. Let's go and let's try to move past this and make the best out of this and try to get some new throw pillows on there. Subconsciously, you're going to be looking at this and it's going to be affecting you. Is there a way you need to position the furniture to make it more inviting? You want to make sure that there's good flow. So if your coffee table is too big and you can't get your legs between the sofa and the coffee table because maybe somebody gave you that coffee table, that's not comfortable and that's not going to work. So you want to make sure that there's like a really good flow. Your sofa, you want to make sure that it's kind of facing the front door as much as you can. Once again, that's a safety issue. If your back is to your front door, what you're doing is you're cranking your neck every time the doorbell rings. And that doesn't work with safety nor comfort. I want to talk about the love side more because that was kind of like the third pillar, right? Safety, comfort, and love. And we talked about you have an ex, you want to, maybe you don't want to move or you don't want to get rid of all your belongings, what you can do to start to make it feel new in something there. What about for people that want to invest invite a long-term relationship in. We talked about a little up top of get that extra nightstand, get that extra lamp, Mm -hmm. make space in your closet. What else can people do to invite love into their home? First of all, it all starts with your entrance. Your first impression means everything. And so when someone comes to your house and they're at your door, that's their first impression. What I would do is maybe put two plants that flank your front door. Keep them alive. Make like flowering plants if you can. What happens is, is that when you walk in, you're creating this beautiful entrance and space and you're inviting this loving energy into your home and use this philosophy the whole way into your home. Once you walk in the door, 
Do you have shoes cluttered everywhere? Guilty. Yeah, me too. So you want to have that good energy flowing in. And so you're just being extremely intentional with your space. So start thinking as if, like you were saying, Julie, earlier, you know, build it and they will come. Start creating that space and that intention for that other person. When you're editing your home, like that painting, what does this painting remind me of? Oh, it's my, you know, my ex gave it to me, but it was really expensive. (laughs) This is another thing that I deal with that is really hard. People have a hard time letting go of things that are very, expensive. Yeah. And so sell it. Buy yourself a new painting. Start Mm -hmm. editing your perfumes. Do I love this? Does this make me feel sexy? And does this remind me of this partner? And if so, time to get a new one. Go shopping, treat yourself. And remember, you need to love it. If you don't love it, do not get it. Unless you know it's temporary and you're willing to get rid of it as soon as you replace it with something that you love. And it doesn't even have to be something associated with an ex-partner. It could be associated with the former you or a point in your life where you weren't so happy. It's just any of those negative associations, we can start editing those out. Now, this is a little counterintuitive for some of my single friends. I just went over to my single girlfriend's apartment the other day. She just moved in and she had one chair, (laughs) one little sofa, one little table. And I asked her why everything was so simple. And she said, well, I just need enough for me. Mm -hmm. I don't need to spend money on more than what's enough for me. Yeah, I think a lot of people are in this mindset of like, I'll do it once I have a partner. Yeah, absolutely. And so like, if you only have space for one person and see, she's not thinking, build it and they will come. If soon as she were to have two chairs, next thing you know, her friends are staying at her house more. She's having more social Mm -hmm. gatherings. People are coming over. You are inviting maybe somebody that she hasn't met yet. And then Mm -hmm. next thing you know, you could introduce her to somebody new and wonderful. It's a mind set. It's not just this thing of like, well, we're going to make the energy great in here. I think the energy needs to start within. It's not a one size fits all. You need to be clearing your head. There's multiple layers on this in order for you to be attracting this love. What I'm gathering, John George, from some of the stuff that you've said is people make these associations and may not even realize it. I could see someone going into her home and just being like, oh, this person doesn't want to invite me into their life. Like they're fine being single. They're basically living a life for one. And that's probably what they want. Totally. I had nowhere to sit. I didn't know where to go. (laughs) Totally. So I left her house. I was like, great, let's go eat at a restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, like what I'm gathering here, it's like, how do we set ourselves up for success and the way that is more intentional? And we talk about intentionality. This is probably a good segue to some of our takeaways from this conversation. But we talk about intentionality in dating and intentionality of getting what you want out of dating. But this bleeds to all parts of life, not just how you dating apps or how you show up on dates. And I think a lot of times like we're so laser focused that we're not thinking big picture. I think the example you, you gave of your friend just having the one, it's so indicative of just how easy it is to get basically get focused on the present of what we have current day. You know, we always tell people to focus on the present, but I would say this is probably the one example where maybe focusing on the future actually is more beneficial. You know, it's not like setting 
setting yourself up for failure either. Like having two lights, for instance, on your bed is never going to be a bad thing, even if you end up being single for the rest (laughs) of your life. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like you're like, oh my God, I jumped the gun and I bought two lamps and now I'm single. Like I think it's setting us up for what we want and the making the space is so important. Like we talk about making space and not just being busy all the time that you don't have time to date, but making space in your home is just as important there too. So I think a lot of the stuff we think about in dating, we need to apply to our home. This is a philosophy and a lifestyle. This isn't just when I'm home. So like be extremely intentional, read the profiles, take your time. Does this person fit what I'm looking for? Instead of just swiping when you're in the grocery line, be intentional with every sentence that you write. Don't just do things randomly. You're wasting your time and the other person's. I think my biggest takeaway is letting things that matter take up space. Yes. Even thinking to my single days, I just wanted to create space. I wanted as much space as possible in my home that I would hide and put away the things that truly mattered. So what you were saying, like getting a beautiful box for your sex toys, if that really matters to you, that box is going to take up space, but let it take up space. We often hear from singles like, I've been single for so long, I don't know if I have space for some else in my life. But I think if we can create that space and let it take up the space in our homes, we will be able to allow someone else into our lives. And I love this idea of pairing everything. The symmetry of your furniture and your dishes will help you create and make that space for someone else. Even if it's not a partner, I think just having people over to warm up your home is huge. Absolutely. Otherwise, your home will always remind you of being alone and single. And We probably don't need any more reminders of that. Yeah, I think the other just like takeaway I'm gathering from this is it's all subliminal. Like it's not like outright, yeah. but we were talking no. about earlier, like going into the bathroom and maybe you are nitpicking someone's home. Maybe you're not. If it's really bad, probably you are. But even if it's not as inviting as it could be, there's this feeling that you're getting from it. And I think the feeling is so important because in today's world, we do make judgments off of our feelings and of things that we see, like mm. if we see dirtiness in the bathroom, like we're going to associate it with that person. And I was like talking to a friend recently about like why another friend was still single. And he was talking about how his place is a disaster. And I was like, "Ah, like, I mean, aren't a lot of guys like single guys fall into that trap. But I think now having this conversation, it's mattering more and more to differentiate yourself first and foremost, but also to share what a life with you could be like. That's beautiful. Absolutely. I totally agree. And seeing if if there's a disconnect between what you're trying to portray out there versus what you have going on at home. Thinking about your story, Julie, of your friend being all buttoned up, but like a disaster at home. (laughs) I recently met two girls who dated the same guy and one was able to go out with him on a date like at a restaurant and the other one actually saw his home. And their perceptions of him were so different because outwardly he was very put together. But at home, he was a disaster. He has shopping bags everywhere because he had a shopping addiction. And I thought this was so interesting because we're trying to portray ourselves in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But if at home, deep down, we don't actually live that life, we're just a fraud, right? (laughs) And someone's going to find out sooner or later. So the only way to be authentic in who you are is to live it in your home first before you try to give that perception out in the real world. What happens when you start doing it at home, you start really living 
using it and you're living a little bit more of an authentic life and you're creating space in your head. You're letting go of things that you don't even know are there that could be blocking you. Thank you so much. I think this conversation has been really great. It's hopefully shed light to people that, you know, this stuff does matter. It does play into the overall energy that you're putting out there. I don't want people to have like a takeaway of like, I should never date this person because their place might have a little (laughs) dirt. Like, I don't think that's the takeaway, but maybe share this episode with them or (laughs) start the conversation because I think it it is human nature to maybe not pay attention to the stuff and think like, oh, well, when I have a part, when I buy my dream home, mm-hmm. then I'll start to do this stuff. So I don't want people to judge people from it, but it is important to be aware and start the conversation and make it something that is at the forefront that you'll just feel better overall. And maybe you can inspire other people that you're dating. Absolutely. John George, if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? They could go on my website, which is jgwdesigns.com. Wonderful. Thanks so much for this conversation. I'm cool. going to go do some dusting now because I do have a lot of dust at home. <laughs> I just realized. I'm going to get rid of all my pillows. That's what I learned. Get rid of all your pillows. <laughs> I'm going to dust and figure out how to revive some of my dead plants. Anyway, okay, cool. we're going to wrap up this conversation. Thank you all to our listeners who've written us a nice rating and review in Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done so, we really appreciate it and send you good energy your way. If you can give us five stars and write something nice in Apple podcast okay we're gonna wrap this up stay Stay dateable the dateable podcast is part of the frolic podcast network find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts want to continue the conversation first follow us on instagram facebook and twitter with the handle at dateable podcast tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us we look at all those posts Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.